Hello, this is WCBN FM Ann Arbor. We're, we're listening to Bob Stewart. We just heard Where Are You? And now uh, this is I'm Glad There Is You. I'm glad Thanks for listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. In this world of overrated pleasure. Of underrated treasures I'm glad We are Bookman Experience You are listening to WCBN FM 88.3 and above Alright <laughs> Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show My name is Dick Whaley and uh Guess and Jim will be here in a second. As we're starting a minute or two early here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. In any event, uh, kind of an interesting uh, week with uh, 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 Putin reassumed the presidency today. We, we won't talk about him, but uh, the French elections and the Greek uh, uh, elections are, are very interesting. Greece guess we can start out with them has uh, pretty much gone in reverse uh, the, the the coalition government it's very tricky to keep track of uh, the loose coalitions that form European parliamentary governments uh, over the last couple of weeks I've actually been reading uh, some French history ironically that doesn't have much to do with uh, today's situation but uh, I was basically reading about the 1930s and the Popular Front and how this the the weak uh, changing ministers within the French government contributed to their uh, uh, was one of the contributing factors to their poor uh, war performance against Germany uh, when Germany finally invaded France literally surrendered in six weeks um, despite having one of the most powerful armies in the world. And, of course, the Germans busted through the infamous Maginot Line, Maginot Line and uh, uh, overtook France rather quickly. And then the other interesting uh, part of uh, French history that I was reading uh, concerned the Dreyfus case. Alfred Dreyfus was a, uh, a uh, captain in the French army who was accused of uh, being a courier of spy documents to the German government back in the 1890s. Very interesting case. And what you learn, of course, from the parliamentary governments uh, is how tenuous they, they can be and how quickly ministers change positions and how, in some instances, this creates great difficulty in terms of creating a response to uh, crises, uh, specifically in the... Uh, 1930s with the with the uh, uh, German military threat that fr uh, France inevitably would face and certainly in today's euro uh, response um, Greece um, basically has a coalition government and the the two leading parties in Greece that contributed to the so-called Greek debt crisis lost a significant portion of seats and it would seem that Greece once again will uh, have elections quite soon to uh, continue the uh, n notably weak, uh, uh, unstable parliamentary government that they have. Now, the French presidency is a little different. Uh, France, of course, has uh, 
its power it still is in Parliament, but the French president uh, has unique power uh, with respect to the government there, and he's frequently a uh, sort of a, a setter of policy. And France is an interesting country because they frequently uh, differ with the United States in terms of mili- uh, responses to global events. Charles de Gaulle, who was president of France uh, for quite some time, uh, took France out of NATO for a period of time, for example. And obviously this, uh, uh, the results in France were close, as, uh, as we predicted. And I think it foreshadows the kind of uh, closeness that we'll see here in the American election. Uh, Hollande's uh, uh, party, uh, which I didn't write down, basically got 51.6% of the vote, and Sarkozy got 48.4%. So it's a very close election. But Hollande is the president of France now for five years. Interestingly, they used to have a seven-year term. Mm-hmm. So um, Hollande is, is a, a protege of Mitterrand. And uh, one of the interesting things that I read on the French history of the, of the 1930s was the different response that uh, Mitterrand was a uh, prisoner of war, actually, during the Second World War. And he escaped to form uh, prisoners uh, against the Germans. He was basically a French resistance fighter, and de Gaulle sarcastically commented, well, why bother with prisoners against the war? Why not have hairdressers against the war? Charles de Gaulle was a prisoner of war during World War One, and uh, he did not escape. So uh, he was uh, received coolly by, uh, by de Gaulle, uh, Mitterrand, that is, and there was a Big. Uh, this was a big a, class distinction there. I yeah. think if you're familiar with the famous film *Grand Illusion* about the uh, European elites and the officer class, sure. that's De Gaulle, who of course uh, spent much of World War II in England. <laughs> so, right, and uh, was was not uh, Roosevelt was not favorably disposed to some mm-hmm. of the uh, objectives that De Gaulle had uh, uh, post-war. Uh, conceptually, and it's very interesting that FDR's uh, was determined after World War II not to allow either the British or the French get their colonies back. However, he died uh, in office, and history has never been the same. It certainly would have kept the French out of Indochina, and undoubtedly the United States as well. So, Alas. It will be very interesting to see how the French government responds to the Euro uh, austerity issue because uh, the the austerity versus, um, shall we say, monetary or fiscal easing, which is uh, one of the reasons the American economy continues to be in this sort of sluggish uh, situation, is that the Congress in the United States will not pass uh, fiscal easing. They're, They're obsessed with the deficit now. Now that Obama's in charge, they didn't care much about the deficit when Reagan was in charge or when George W. Bush was in charge. And uh, over the weekend, I noticed, and I forgot to bring this clipping in because I thought it was maybe the most illustrative uh, long-term example of why uh, the American economy is struggling. Uh, The state and local government have just simply cut back on spending because they don't have the tax revenue. So what's very interesting about the Obama presidency so far is that the biggest cut in growth uh, with respect to the economy is actually government investment. Mm -hmm. And government investment is just a fancy word for saying um, infrastructure spending. We're not doing enough of it, and we're um, 
as the, as the economy has created four million jobs over the last uh, around four million jobs since Obama took over. Most of these have been in the private sector, where state and local government have cut six hundred thousand jobs. This is what's causing the jobs problem. We've seen that locally too, and cuts are deep. Uh, fire stations closed, yeah. uh, teacher layoffs, uh, all sorts of uh, structural elements uh, underfunded. Now, luckily here in Ann Arbor, we we uh, tend to. Uh, uh, did the millage pass, or was that next week? Well, there's a bond vote tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow, yeah. exactly. So that you know, you that's a good example of why Ann Arbor has a, a better economy than most cities, because I'm <coughs> sure that the millage will pass. Uh, we in Ann Arbor are committed to education wisely, and uh, that will um, Ann Arbor spends money. But I thought that Mitt Romney had a had a strange week, um, and of course uh, with Newt Gingrich, uh, we can perhaps do an autopsy of Newt Gingrich's demise. But uh, Mitt Romney, I, I'm going to paraphrase a kind of a funny, uh, a pithy statement that Abraham Lincoln once said. He said that a fool should remain quiet. Uh, if they don't know, uh, you know, they, 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 they don't have the facts at, at hand, l lest they open their mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> and that was the kind of week Mitt Romney had. He thought he could take advantage of this Chinese dissident situation mm -hmm. in China. And that sort of backfired on him. He tried to claim that the uh, Obama administration had mishandled this whole situation. And the story was ongoing. It was underway. There was no mishandling of the situation. This dissident apparently is going to be allowed to come to the United States. So all of the hoopla that, Obama, uh, that Romney was trying to create in the middle of the week went nowhere. Then after the jobs uh, report came out on Friday, which basically showed that uh, uh, job uh, growth <coughs> went down from the, the previous uh, month, but there was still there were still were uh, private sector jobs created. Uh, I think it was 115,000 was the, the official number with the unemployment rate coming down a tenth of a point. Um, Romney went on television, and earlier in the week he was dim mit sum. <laughs> it's a little uh, Chinese joke, dim sum. So uh, he mishandled the Chinese situation, and then he put his foot in his mouth again by claiming, oh, we should be closer to 500,000 jobs a month. And then when it was pointed out to him that this has only happened five times in the last 50 years, uh, he quickly backtracked and said, well, we still should be creating more jobs. Well, whatever. Uh, his Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap, and his uh, <coughs> fiscal plans are murky, to say the least, very unspecific. And... I'd only remind Mitt Romney that the last time the government created 500,000 jobs was very interestingly in January of 2005. George Bush, the wanker, the W man, would have been the first president since Herbert Hoover not to have net jobs be created during his, his presidency, his first, uh, the four years of his presidency. He needed 500,000 jobs to be created in the month of January. Well, I'm willing to bet the farm that there weren't 500,000 jobs created in January of 2005. They needed a number to make it the, the, the charge that John Kerry had made during the 2004 campaign. Um, they needed that $500,000 number. Now, who's interestingly the Secretary of Labor uh, under uh, George Bush, George W. Bush? Elaine Chow, wife of Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. 
The, sen- the Senate uh, leader, whose uh, stated goal is to make sure that Obama fails, which, uh, using the filibuster uh, in an unprecedented fashion in the first two years of Obama's presidency, um, sort of guaranteed that the American economy would kind of creep along very slowly. But it is growing, and uh, obviously the, the most interesting um, fiscal issue of, of this particular year is what's going to happen in the lame duck session of Congress after the elections. Because Barack Obama, if he were wise, would cancel the Bush tax cuts and put an end to this, uh, the, these uh, structural deficits that are, have been created from, guess what, tax cuts. Mm-hmm. So it's good that Hollande, in giving his victory speech, uh, um, I think uh, he, I don't even think he was in Paris. I think he was in his uh, home hometown. Uh, the name escapes me, but uh, he said that austerity uh, is is kind of on hold for a while. So the the French government uh, may renegotiate some of the debt ideas of the European Union, and uh, that will probably. Uh, benefit the European economies uh, in the short term. And in the meanwhile, Sarkozy can go back to uh, his previous job of uh, Kids in the Hall impersonator. Yeah. He always looked strikingly like Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall at, at every angle. Well, he was a strange bird, I always thought. It was interesting that he sort of went downhill from the get-go. Of course, he had this... Uh, Marriage breakup uh, shortly into his presidency. He married a celebrity. Um, I think he got, ca- yeah, Carla Bruni. He mm-hmm. got caught up in uh, sort of a celebrity whirlwind and yeah. uh, never really seemed to continue uh, the political agenda successfully from that point on. Yeah, and it was interesting because I heard some European commentators on the BBC note that uh, the French people like their presidents to be kind of cultured, kind of quiet, kind of like Mitterrand, maybe a little mysterious, but... Um, they they, they, they want to be reassured that their presidents read lots of books, can speak some languages, and... He seemed uh, very American-style, uh, flashy, yeah, you know. Yeah, he was. Uh, he seemed like a used car salesman, to yeah, borrow the a pun. A glad-hander. He was just kind of... He had weird mannerisms even when he spoke. His, his shoulders kind of rumbled about. Uh, he was a strange bird. But I think that he uh, probably has cached uh, the uh, five years as French presidency into what he has always wanted to be anyway, a celebrity. That's right. <clears throat> so uh, it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the next couple of weeks with the uh, unstable situation with the Greek government, because I, I foresee more uh, uh, presidential, uh, more uh, uh, parliamentary-style uh, elections in Greece uh, while they continue to quibble and... Uh, debate what to do. Curious to note, too, the name of the uh, far-right party in Greece is kind of a creepy-sounding Golden Dawn yeah. party. So, I mean, uh, it's pretty clear what their agenda is likely to be, but that sort of whimsical reference to uh, an earlier era of idyllic perfection, which, of course, the right wing so notoriously uh, strives to recreate uh, this dubious concept that never existed. Yeah, and it, what's interesting about both Greece and France is that immigration, of course, were, were big issues in both campaigns, and uh, both countries have quote-unquote immigration problems. And this is, this, as I say, I think the French uh, presidential election, and it's, it's refreshing that their elections are, are brief. 
You know, we the American elections are way too long. Um, Grotesquely out of scale. Out really. of scale. Yeah. And, you know, Newt Gingrich, what can you say about the guy? He finally saw the... Uh, um, Writing on the wall. Uh, he. I don't know if he found, saw the writing on the wall so much as felt the plummeting down the uh, elevator shaft with no cord connected. I mean, yeah. the writing's been on the wall for how many months for Newt? Well, his, his elevation in the polls and his so-called front-runner status coincided with the demise of Herman Cain. Mm. Uh, you'll remember that he didn't handle some uh, sexual allegations terribly well and had to quit and that's when newt went up well what was fascinating to me and this was in december of uh, last year 2011 was how the right-wing media pundit punditocracy attacked newt gingrich immediately hmm. that's what brought him down and he made other bl terrible blunders uh, after he got drubbed in florida and he did get drubbed there quite well this followed the florida primary followed his victory in south carolina mm -hmm. where he his only real victory. His only real victory in where he accepted uh, the, the presidential uh, position that night, as I recall. <laughs> Indeed he did. It was, Not just the nomination, yeah. but the very presidency. When I'm president, this is what I'll do in the first three days. and I'm Here thinking, we go. Well, uh, you're a long way off, dude. But uh, he made a terrible strategic blunder by ceding um, the challenger status immediately to Santorum. He gave up on uh, Michigan and Arizona, mm -hmm. and this allowed Santorum to go past Newt, and Newt didn't understand the dynamics of the of the nominating process. He's just out to lunch. So uh, hopefully he can go back to being a history professor. Or a uh, producer of uh, pulpy uh, fictional histories or historical fiction. And, of course, whichever. he stated in... <laughs> In withdrawing from the uh, race that he uh, and Callista were going to become citizens again. Of which country he didn't say. <laughs> Greece. <laughs> oh, perhaps. But one thing uh, is sure, that you know Newt has penciled in August 27th through 30th on his busy calendar. No doubt he'll be uh, taking some speaking dates before then, but that, of course... Uh, is the time span that the Republican nominating convention will occur this year in Tampa. And uh, interesting article at the end of last week. Um, the mayor of Tampa has requested from Florida Governor Rick Scott a temporary uh, cessation of the concealed weapons. Oh, permit, right. Uh -huh. Which are, uh, Florida's one of the states that allows uh, concealed carry. And uh, the governor uh, declined this request, uh, saying he did not wish to infringe upon, quote, sacred constitutional traditions oh my. of the rights of uh, Americans to pack heat. Um, and it's uh, the mayor of Tampa is a Democrat, and he said he was disappointed but not surprised. Um, for the convention... Um, a number of things have been uh, banned lumber hatchets gas masks chains and super soaker water cannons have all been successfully banned uh from the convention area area uh the governor says that it is unclear how disarming law-abiding citizens would better protect them from the dangers and threats posed by those who would flout the law which seems to imply 
protesters. Well, who's going to show up and protest at the Republican convention? Oh boy, there's a good picture. Yeah. Of uh, Dumbo or some elephant. <laughs> Newt, Newt kind of looking askance. Newt askance in the background. There are some wonderful pictures of Newt on the campaign trail. Oh, I'm, I anxiously await the uh, the photo medley. Yeah. It will be accompanied by a Billy Joel tune, no doubt. You may be right. I may be crazy. <laughs> that might be a good one for Newt. <clears throat> but as far as Governor Scott's comments are concerned, you can be sure that if anybody gets shot outside of the Republican convention, it's not going to be a right winger. It's going to be a left wing protester or a Democrat protester. Uh, the truth is, when shootings occur, political shootings particularly, it's nearly always right wingers who are doing the shooting. Yep. Left wingers tend not to have uh, violent. Uh, agendas with Charles Colson and E. Howard Hunt and anxiously um, trying to uh, plant papers somewhere. Right. <laughs> Making it look like you're, that's your agenda. So um, interesting to note the final statement in this article, uh, AP article, that the Secret Service bans civilians from carrying guns inside the arena. Well, I can hardly wait to hear the angry protests of my rights are being taken away. I can't pack my concealed weapon inside the convention well and, and the thing that's so bizarre about the you know the, this has come back prominently in in the form of uh, debate because of the uh, unfortunate shooting in florida mm -hmm. and it's remarkable that the nra is uh trying to get people to carry guns into churches i mean it, th this is just mind-boggling you never know when someone might go crazy and need to get gunned down by you the upright vigilant citizen yeah so uh, br bringing guns into inappropriate places like bars there's another <laughs> schools huh uh yeah right and it's uh I, I don't know it's just one of those phony issues in my book, because there's no evidence that Obama is taking away anybody's guns. He's no, remained completely backed away from that. Silent on it because of the infamous uh, uh, 2000 election in which Al Gore got into trouble, mm -hmm. so to speak, because he called for some reasonable gun control. And, you know, with Newt Gingrich, and I'm going to give him a brain damage award because, of course, he denounced Barack Obama as uh, the most radical president we've ever had. Was, you know, throughout the socialism world, I, I think he might have avoided the food stamp uh, uh, canard. But uh, it's interesting because I did just find the Floyd Norris uh, article from Saturday's uh, New York Times, which is fascinating. Um, the substance of the article is governments getting smaller in the U.S. And it's got a, sh a chart that shows under Barack Obama, because we hear this all the time, governments growing under Obama. It's not. It grew under George W. Bush. He's the one that created the Department of Homeland Security. That's now an $80 billion bureaucracy. Um, Norris, where, where did that money go before that institution? Yeah. Nor, uh, Norris, uh, Floyd Norris, who, I, by the way, I think is the best uh, historical columnist going on economic questions uh, in America today. He has wonderful historical analysis that shows what's actually happening, not what people think is happening. Um, he writes, spending by the federal government adjusted for inflation has risen at a slow rate under Barack Obama. Uh, but that increase has been more than offset by the falling state and local government spending. The last time government actually got smaller over the first three years of a presidential term was Richard Nixon. And the decrease was largely because of declining spending on the Vietnam War. 
He's got the charts. And what's interesting about the charts is they show exactly why the economy boomed under Clinton and why it, uh, it contracted under George Bush. Because he's got the federal spending broken down into military spending. Under Clinton, it went down 11%. Military spending. Military spending. Went down 11% uh, for the first term of his presidency. Uh, Newt Gingrich likes to take a lot of credit for things that Bill Clinton did. You know, he became speaker in 95. Uh, he ignores the fact that the reason uh, that the deficit began to go down was Bill Clinton increased taxes. That was passed by the Democrats only. Newt voted no. He was the minority leader at the time. And it also shows that non-military spending under Bill Clinton's first term went down. So the guy that cut government over the last 30 years is Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. Now, with Barack Obama, you can see that the real problem that he's got is in the area of state and local spending, something that he doesn't control. Mm. Because as I noted a couple of weeks ago, Paul Krugman and others have noted that almost all the jobs lost, quote unquote, that Mitt Romney's trying to take advantage of as a campaign issue are occurring in states run by the Republicans because they're cutting state spending. Um, this is going to be a big issue, uh, for instance, in the Wisconsin uh, recall uh, primary uh, tomorrow. Well, and possibly something that uh, Obama can take advantage of. Uh, all the reports seem to indicate that he's going to gear his campaign on a state-by-state -state specific basis, not a sort of a general nationwide message, but tailor the comments made for each individual state. And what's interesting is when he breaks down the numbers for investment and operating spending at state and local area, uh, government area, the Obama years, quote-unquote, have shown declines in both. The biggest increases occurred under Bill Clinton. Um, but that's operating and investment. That's infrastructure. So successful economic growth is not connected to um, tax cuts for the rich, uh, Mitt Romney's plan, uh, John Huntsman's plan. He's uh, <laughs> just admiring this photo. Yeah, I love the John the, Huntsman the, the stands footstool. on a little uh, single step footstool <laughs> with a bullhorn. Kind of leaning back in a sort of Aguirre, Wrath of God sort yeah. of a posture. <laughs> and note the cowboy boots. Oh, yes. Got to dress the part. Probably one of uh, Newt Gingrich's um, downfalls. I'm afraid that he was uh, caught on the campaign trail waiting, wearing Tweety Bird slippers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this, floor, this Floyd Norris... Uh, 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 column from uh, Saturday's uh, New York Times, the 5th of May, is well worth looking at uh, for the historical comparison, showing exactly why the economy grew under Bill Clinton as opposed to the Bushes, um, and it was because he cut military spending and allowed for increases in investment at the state and federal level. Of course, people in the 90s obviously were aware of the fact that we needed more teachers. He had a um, program for uh, hiring police officers mm -hmm. and firemen, that sort of thing. 
So uh, government plays a key role in the uh, functioning of, of the modern economy, something that uh, Mitt Romney, uh, Dim Mitley, doesn't quite understand and never will. So uh, we look for him to open his mouth to remove all doubt. Well, you can be sure that'll happen on a regular basis uh, in the, God, months to follow. Months. Yeah. We've got months more of this to endure. Um, so the only game at the moment is, although I think it will be fascinating to see what happens tomorrow in Indiana. Uh, Richard Luger, of course, is in the fight for his career. Sounds like he might get beat, but it's going to be interesting if the polls are correct on this uh, primary involving Richard Luger, the presidential election. Ron Paul could do surprisingly well in Indiana tomorrow. How much of the anti-Mitt vote still exists? Indeed. Well, tomorrow will be the um, telltale sign because Newt has uh, suspended his campaign. Uh, Gone home to lick his wounds. Yeah, probably riding Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> you and are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Of course, Santorum suspended his campaign a couple of weeks ago claiming that he uh, had run out of money. But uh, I think that he had more problems than that. Um, so... I'll just remind everybody one more time, uh, there is a uh, local election tomorrow, a bond issue, and of course the last time such a thing came along, it was actually approved in Ann Arbor. Unfortunately, it didn't pass throughout the school district because the outlying areas uh, did not vote in favor of it. Mm -hmm. Um, As you said just a few moments ago, we're in favor of education uh, here in Ann Arbor. Good. It's uh, the only way uh, to develop or advance anything. Yeah, economic or otherwise. And I, I, you know, I thought another very unfortunate um, sort of political kerfluffle that occurred last week were, were the criticisms of Obama taking a victory lap regarding the death of Os- Os- Osama bin Laden, you know, where he made the secret trip to uh, uh, Afghanistan. Well, the important thing about the speech in Afghanistan, leaving aside the, uh, uh, the bragging, because there was certainly a little bit of that, but uh, so what? Um, it's obvious that the Bush bragged before he had even accomplished anything. Yeah, <laughs> mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. Right? Yes, with, and with Condoleezza Rice uh, eagerly wearing a space helmet at the U.S. Abraham Lincoln, waiting for Bush to do his little flight. I don't know if you remember that, mm-hmm. where Bush tried to show everyone that he was the Top Gun dude, claiming mission accomplished in Iraq. Wow, did that turn out well? That victory <laughs> lap. Um, but the the important thing about the Obama speech was that he has announced we're leaving Afghanistan. He went over there to sign the papers. The deal is done. Yay, progress. I think we should get out sooner, but, gee, at least there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, there's uh, a plan in place. To uh, borrow an unfortunate phrase from the Vietnam War. It's a very dim light. <laughs> Just a pinprick <laughs> at the end of a corridor. And, uh, of course, uh, as we approach June 17th, oh, yes. we'll be uh, encouraging you to uh, re-examine the legacy of uh, not our most radical president ever, but certainly our most diabolical, our most crooked president. and corrupt, uh, beyond all doubt. Uh, you had your copy of uh, Stanley Cutler's Abuse of Power last week. It inspired me to dig up my own. and Yeah. Just... Like- 
fascinating. Just item after item yeah. of, uh, let's get the IRS to go after uh, rich Jewish Democrat supporters. Yeah. And let's break into the National Archives right. and get papers to embarrass President Johnson. Get into the safe. Blow it up. Right. Get in there and clean out those documents. I want it 